my church. Let me tell you something. When Jesus builds it, nobody else is going to destroy it. When Jesus builds it, it's going to be built. He said, and all the powers of hell. Uh, you know, and I've said this before. You know, the Roman Empire couldn't get rid of the church. It just flourished. The Chinese Communist government can't get rid of the church. It's flourishing over there. The Iranian government can't get rid of the church. Uh, it's flourishing in Iran. We wait long enough, and Iran will be a Christian country. And, uh, you know, the only place where Christianity is struggling is the United States. And uh, other places around the world, the woke uh, people in our country will not get rid of the church because all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So in our series, we've talked about, some of y'all still doing all right, we talked about how we've got to have a passion for God. We've got to have a passion for praise and worship. Some of y'all still got the clapping going on. Y'all doing all right. And, uh, you know, I've always been like a Kenny G worshiper, you know. Like, but, you know, you got to get excited. I mean, how many besides me jumped over something when the Saints won the Super Bowl, right? You know, and, and so, uh, you know, we, we need to get to jumping and hollering and having fun when we're worshiping the Lord. We got to have a passion for praise and worship and prayer and a, a passion for people. Why do we need a passion for people? Because Jesus has a passion for people. And, uh, and so... Uh, we need to have that same passion to see people come to faith in Christ. We also talked about in one of our messages how we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we not only need the power of the Holy Spirit, but the power of the Holy Spirit in our church as well. We want to see God move in mighty, life-changing ways. And we talked about those. And all these you can go back and look at on our website or on Facebook. We learned that we need to live in the tree of life. Remember the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You notice that God didn't forbid Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of life. He forbid them to eat of the knowledge of good and evil, that tree. And so that, that represents the law. And we, we like to live over there and point fingers, but we need to get over here and live by the tree of life. We also learned last week that God moves and we grow in, in relationships. And that's why we started a couple of small groups. Today, I think, is equally important, if not more important than all the rest, because you can write this down, River Church is built on the Word of God. We need to be built on the Word of God. And uh, so turn to somebody next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. Now turn to your second choice and say, you look like you need a little bit of the Word of God. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, the Bible, we believe it from front to back in every translation. And, uh, and so it's the Word of God. It's relevant. It's as relevant today in our lives as it was the day the people wrote it, and, uh, and so we've based, I've based my life on it, and uh, we believe it as a church, and we believe it no matter what anyone else says. So the best thing that ever happened to me, personally, was when I was in school, a, a junior in high school, I accepted Christ. They had a period at the school where they didn't have anything I wanted to take, and so I was, uh, had enough credits, and they let me take a Bible literature class, and for an hour a day, I had to read the Bible. Let me tell you, you spend... A semester reading the Bible for an hour a day, it will rock your world and change your life. And that's what it did. And at that same time, there was a small group of guys that we got together that we've been friends for years now uh, that we were in. We called it a lug group, a living unit group. I don't know where they came up with that name, but it was a group of guys and we shared things and, and uh, man, we, we grew close to each other. And, and, uh, and, and so those two things made a difference in my life. It gave me a love for the Word of God. Then I went to seminary. And I thought I knew a lot when I went in seminary. And when I left seminary, I realized I didn't know much. And uh, but not because seminary, uh, just because I knew that there's so much more to God 
than what you realize. The more you learn and the closer you get to the Lord, you see how big and how awesome he is and stuff like that. But one thing I did learn in seminary was how to study the Bible. And that's important and, and because the, God's word is deep. You can read the same verse a hundred times and get something new out of it every single time. I'm amazed. I've, I've been following the Lord a long, long time now. And, and, and so I can still read a passage and God speaks something different to me through that passage. And uh, so we want to look at some foundational passages this morning uh, that I believe will shape how you see the rest of the Bible. Those passages are in your outlines. You can follow along in your Bible if you want or on the outlines and on the screen. So let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul is writing this to Timothy, and he said, All Scripture is inspired by God. Now, what does that mean? It, you know, it means it's God-breathed, that God, he didn't dictate it like dictating to a secretary, but God spoke and the people wrote. And uh, they didn't write what they wanted to. They heard from God. It's so all of the scripture, even the verses we don't like, like the one where Jesus said, pay your taxes. Paul said, pay your taxes. I wish that wasn't in there, don't y'all? Somebody ought to say amen on that one. I mean, I don't like the one where it says, hey, uh, count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations. Who wants to go through trials and tribulations? I mean, you know, but it's all inspired. And then it says it's useful to teach us what's true. And here's what I know. When the Bible says something's true and culture says something's true, who's wrong? Culture. When the Bible says something's true and I say it's wrong, who's wrong? Me. When, and so you've got to understand the Bible teaches us what's true. And anything that contradicts what the Word of God says in the Bible, they're wrong, it's right. And, uh, and so it, makes, it teaches us what's true. It makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. Now, when I read the Bible, it's, it's like cutting, cutting me. I mean, it's, it's letting me know what's wrong in my life. Not, not necessarily your life. It says in our lives. And here's the thing. It doesn't just tell you what's wrong God doesn't just use the word of God and say, Robert, you're no good. You did this wrong. No, whatever. God never says you're no good. But it doesn't just say you did this wrong. He said you did this wrong, but it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. See, the word of God doesn't just say, hey, this is wrong. It says here's what you need to do instead. Here's what you need to do instead. It corrects us when we get off track. And anybody besides me, you ever get off track? I mean, you know. Ones of y'all didn't raise your hands are lying. I mean, you need to repent right now. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, you, you came to church today to get called a liar, right? You know what I mean? You know, so, I mean, it corrects us and teaches us to do what's right. Like, raise your hand next time, all right? And, and here's the thing. God uses it to prepare and equip. Everybody say prepare and equip. All of you to do good works. All of you to do every good work. It's an amazing book. I mean, if you think about it in those terms I just gave you, it's amazing. Peter said this about the Word of God. Another foundational verse that you need to keep marked in your Bible. 2 Peter 1, starting in verse 19, he said, And we have heard the word of the prophets, or the word of God, made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention. Has your mom ever said you need to listen to me when you were little? That's, that's basically Peter saying you need to listen. You would do well to pay attention as to a light shining in a dark place. I used to go caving all the time. And, and if you didn't have a flashlight, you couldn't see a rock in front of you. You just walk into something in it because it's so dark. You can't, no sensation. And so the word of God is like a light penetrating that darkness. 
And he's saying, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And here's what he said. Above all, understand and circle the word know that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own instruction, interpretation. So no prophecy. You know, Jeremiah didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I'm going to write a book. I'm going to call it Jeremiah. Isaiah didn't do that. I mean, Peter didn't say, you know, I need to write First and Second Peter. I better get to work. Yeah, he didn't do that. None of that came from them, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. So the Bible wasn't written by these guys for what they wanted to say, you know. And, and it said, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They spoke from God as the Holy Spirit carried them along. And let me just tell you something. It's not man's interpretation. If the Holy Spirit can carry them along as they write the Bible, the Holy Spirit can carry us along as we interpret it and translate it and it'll carry us along no matter what you're going through and how bad it is or how good it is. The Holy Spirit will carry you along. Another verse, Hebrews 4.12. Here's why it'll carry us along says the word of God is living and active. See, we, I love to read books, and I meant to bring one with me. And it's a book. It's a good book. I'm reading one. It's called A Spirit-Empowered Church, and, and that's a good book. But the Bible is alive. You see, the Bible is alive. When you read the Bible, it, it, it gets to you. It, it, it's active in you. It brings about change. He said, he said it's sharper than any double-edged sword. That's sharp, y'all. And it penetrates even to the dividing and soul of the spirit, the joints and the marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Folks, when you're reading the word of God, the Holy Spirit uses it to get down into places you may not even know about and to reveal those places so you can confess them to God and he can cleanse you and purify you from that and change you to become the person he wants you to be. The word of God is alive, it's active, it's powerful, it's God-breathed, it's I mean, it's, it's why, it, the Word of God is why we don't base our, use our emotions to base our faith on. We don't, we don't base our, our beliefs on social media. We don't base our beliefs on the culture. Uh, we, you know, we don't allow culture to determine what we believe. We allow the Word of God to determine what we believe. doesn't matter what Facebook says. It matters what the Word of God says. doesn't matter what CNN or even Fox says. It matters what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It matters what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what your boss says. It matters what the Word of God says. It does not matter what this cancel culture we live in says. It matters what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what our politicians say. It matters what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. The Word of God is what we need to stand on. And when we understand this, when we understand this, you will know like I've found out, there's no words like God's words. No words like God's words. I mean, it's alive. The Bible is alive. It's our guidebook. And we've built this church on the Word of God. We need to continue to build our lives on it. If we don't get this ingrained in us and base our life on the Word of God, nothing else is going to fall into place. Nothing else will fall. Everything will be out of place. See, the Word of, you know, that's why the devil hates it. I mean, think about this. The Word of God generates life. It creates faith. You, you, you can't read the book of Acts and not have your faith just jump up. I love reading Genesis, too, because all those stories in there that happen. I mean, you know, when you think about Noah building the ark, and people say, well, that couldn't happen. You know, a lot of people think 
that the Grand Canyon was formed by the Colorado River or whatever the river is running through there. And, and, and I don't know if you know this or not, but it's lower at the beginning, at the top of the canyon, than it is at the end. So if the Colorado River formed the Grand Canyon, it would have been running south to north. You know, when, when Mount St. Helens blew up, it made a canyon with the same strata as the Grand Canyon. And, and, and so what formed the Grand Canyon most likely was a worldwide flood, Noah's flood. And when that water receded, you had a canyon with that. Uh, you know, and so you, you just got you to gotta, you believe. You start with the belief the Word of God is true, and, and the science will back it up. That's, I mean, the devil hates it. Let me tell you, people say, well, this is 2021. This Bible needs to be updated. Look, it's not an iPhone. It doesn't need to be updated. You know, it doesn't need to be upgraded. You know, it's, it's here for us, and the devil hates it. Uh, he hates it when you build your marriage on it. He hates it when you run your business by it. He hates the Word of God. And, uh, and, and so I love what D.L. Moody said here. He said, the, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge, but was given to totally change our lives. The Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge, but to totally change our lives. I love that. It gives us the truth. I mean, it, it, it imparts joy and hope into our lives. It cleanses our past. It brings about real change in our lives as we get it in us. And, uh, and so I believe this with all my heart. The Bible was given to us to change our lives. I want to read that verse in Timothy, foundational verse again, but in the Living Bible. It says, the whole Bible was given to us by the inspiration of from God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It strengthens us out, of, out, it straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. It's God's way of making us well prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. You want to know how to do good? You get the word of God in you and, and, and it begins to speak and change you. And, and listen, since God's word is the only reliable authority I accept it. We accept it as a church, as our manual for living. So really, the first thing when we're, when we're facing something needs to be, what does the Bible say about this? That's why it's important maybe to have a Bible with a concordance in it. You can look up, uh, you know, uh, words and, and topics and things like that. I do it on my computer. We need to be looking for what does the Bible say about this. I remember a time uh, when I was working in an industry, and, and uh, they met with all the leaders, and they told us, said, uh, Think about how you, much you can raise your prices of your services so, so that uh, our profits won't take a hit when this change is fixing to happen. And I just read that morning that he who oppresses the poor to obtain wealth, poverty will come upon him like a bandit. That business didn't do well for a while, uh, you know, because uh, the Bible's true. You, you get that in you, and it's like, man, I'm not raising it, you know. <laughs> I'm not doing that, you know. And, uh, and so you, we've got to understand it. it begins to change you. It's our manual for living. And so we always ask, what does the Bible say about it? So that's why we, that's why we have bought and sold at our cost the one-year Bible. We may have some of those. That's why in our devotional books, if you don't have them, we have them out front. There's a reading plan in the back of those. We can read the whole Bible in a year. Uh, and they say, well, why do that? I've read the whole Bible in a year for years. I can't even count how many years I've done that. And you just do that, and you keep reading it. And it keeps speaking to you. That's why we have small groups. And that's why we have studies. It's the foundation. We believe it makes a difference in your lives. Look what the psalmist said in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. I love this. He says, the instructions of the Lord 
are perfect. I mean, God doesn't give you an instruction that's wrong or going to hurt you or hurt someone else. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. But look what he says next. Reviving the soul. Anybody need your soul revived? You know what I find? When I'm doing what I know God wants me to do, it's refreshing. It's reviving. It makes me feel better. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. Let me tell you, the decrees of our culture are not trustworthy because what the culture said five years ago, they're saying the opposite right now. And, and, and they'll be saying the opposite in five more years. And, and so the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy. And, and, you know, you don't have to be the brightest bulb in the batch to be wise. It says, making wise the simple. That's why somebody like me can actually look wise because I'm just following the Lord. I mean, you know, making, the, making wise the simple. Then it says, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. When you're, when you're listening and, and following the commands of the Lord, it brings joy to your heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for the living. Listen, when God says you need to forgive somebody and you do it, guess what? It brings joy to your heart. When God says you've got to love somebody like I do and you do that, and, and maybe uh, when God said, hey, look, yeah, I want you all to give away 40,000 pounds of food, and, and you do that, you feel good at the end of the day because you've helped people. And, and so it brings joy to the heart, the commandments of the Lord. It says, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. Listen, what God says in the Bible is not dated material. It's as true today as it was then. And, and so uh, we, need to, we need to abide by that. When he says, hey, you need to forgive others, you need to forgive others. When he says, uh, get rid of anger and malice and, uh, and replace it with kindness, and, and we need to do that. And uh, when he says this is a sin, we need to understand it's still a sin today. And, uh, when, you know, I mean, whether it's abortion, whether it's transgender, the LGBTQ thing, we might have just got kicked off Facebook, I don't know. But, but all of that is sin because the Word of God says it's sin. God created man, male and female. There's not no in-between, and there's no confusion. The confusion is with other people. So the most important thing we can do is based our life on the Word of God. He said, The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart, giving clear insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. And the laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold. Listen, having the Word of God in your life is more valuable than being rich. I know a lot of rich, miserable people. They're more desirable than gold. Even the finest gold, they're sweeter than honey. That means something to me. Y'all don't know this, but honey is like my favorite food. I put it on bluebell. I put it on peanut butter. I put it on everything. And I mean, I so, man, the word of God's even better than honey on bluebell. And, and, uh, and he says, listen. He said, the, the commandments of God are a warning to your servant. And a great reward for those who obey Him. When we obey the Word of God, we feel better, things go better, it's going to be great. The Lord, Word of God will not lead us to stray or wander off the path where God wants to be. The Word of God stands true through bad times and through good times, and it needs to be the foundation of our lives and, and of our church. And listen, they're all, they're all right, even the ones we don't like. So the most important decision you can make is to settle the issue of who will be the ultimate authority in your life. Who will be the ultimate authority? Is it going to be culture, Facebook, news, or is it going to be the Word of God? 
See, time's coming, I believe, sooner than, than I would like it to be, that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. There's a fight coming. And, and if you haven't built your life on the Word of God, you're going to flop all over the place. And uh, you're going to flop all over the place. And, and, uh, and so culture changes all the time, but the Word of God does not change. And so you can be steady, you can be true, and you can stand firm through all these things. i got some things for you to write down. When, when the Word of God is first, we need, to, we need to understand the Word of God needs to be first. I mean, that means when we're faced with something... You know, we ask, what does the Bible say about it? Not what Facebook says. Not what a professor says. Let me tell you, our kids go off to college and they are assaulted by these professors that are atheists that try and tear their faith away from them. We've got to be founded on the Word of God. When the Word of God's first, it doesn't matter what somebody else says or what TV show says. It's, it's, it's all that. When the Word of God uh, is first in your life, write this down, it provides direction. It provides direction. And we need, we need something to help us with direction. I mean, the, the culture has come off the tracks. If, we were, if this thing were a train, we have derailed the train, and it is off the tracks. And so the Word of God provides direction. Look, Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light from my path. If you've ever been in the dark, I mean, out in the country dark, and, and, and I mean, you need a light on the path. There's a lot of things that come across that path that will trip you up. Temptations will trip you up. False beliefs will trip you up. Our culture is full of them. Uh, you know, and so it will provide you direction. The Word of God will light your path so you can see where to step. If you need direction for your business, for your family, the Word of God will help you. As you stay in the Word of God, God will use it to speak to you. Number two, it also provides protection when it's first in our lives. Uh, we need something to help us with that. I mean... It's our shield. It's our protection. Look what verse 11 of Psalm 119 says. I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. You wonder why? Hey, look, I keep struggling with this sin. Put the word of God in your heart. You've got to get it in there. And, and you know what? Now, uh, I've been doing this long enough. When I'm, when I'm thinking of doing something I shouldn't, a verse will pop in my mind, you know. And uh, I can remember one time this lady was cussing me out in English and Spanish. It was way back when I sold insurance and and uh, long before I pastored, but, but, you know, I'm wanting to say something back, and Proverbs 15.1 popped in my brain, said a soft answer turns away another person's anger. I was wanting to yell. I mean, she's talking bad about my mama, at least in English. And I figured all the Spanish ones were cuss words too, you know, but, but you know, he will, he will protect you. I've hidden my word that I might not sin against you. We put God's word in us, and he will protect us from sinning. He'll keep us from sinning. Man, we need that today. And this last one, none of us like this, but the Word of God, when it's first, it provides correction. When we get in the wrong, going in the wrong direction, it will correct us. And, uh, you know, I remember Charles Stanley one time talking. He was praying, and he said, man, I saw where God was coming. And I said, in Jesus' name, amen, but he didn't let me go. You know, and you might have prayed like that too. Like you see where God's kind of moving towards saying, you know, Robert, you need to. And it's like, okay, God, I'm done. And he said, I'm not done with you, though, yet, Robert. And so it'll provide correction when we get off track. When we get off course, the Bible will correct us. So when, you know, when people come up to me and say, hey, look, if you really believe the Bible, we got a problem. Guess what? You're the problem, not me. When somebody comes up and says, man, you know, if you're going to believe that uh, you're going to tell me we got to love others instead of hating people that hurt us, we got a problem. No, you're the problem. 
You're going to tell me I got to forgive people that have hurt me? We got a problem. Yeah, you're the problem. If you're going to tell me that abortion's wrong, we got a problem. You're the problem. Why? Because the Word of God values life. You're going to come up and say, oh, man, lying, you, you know, there's times when we just need to lie. No, problem's you. You know, we've got to learn to stand on the Word of God, and if somebody has a problem with it, it's their problem, not your problem, not my problem. We will stand on the Word of God. And so the Word of the, when God's Word is, is a, you know, first in our life, it gives us the protection, correction, and direction. And so when God's word is the foundation of your life. So we got to get we got to get a foundation. You know, the Bible talks about it, he who builds his house on the rock. You know, down here we drive pilings down in the sand to get to the rock. But you got to build that house on something solid or it's going to lean and sink. And uh, I, I, I remember when I moved down here, I saw houses out in the Kenner area look like a boat going down. I mean, you know, because they weren't built on a good foundation. And that's the same thing with our lives. So when we build our life on the foundation of the Word of God, something comes at me from over here, I'm ready for it. Something comes from me in the front, I'm ready because I'm, I'm on a firm foundation. That's what the Word of God does. And when we do that, you will flourish in your life. Write that down. You'll flourish. You'll flourish. Look at Psalm 1, uh, 1 through 3. It says, oh, the joys. Let me tell you something. That's fun. I mean, joy, joys are Oh, the joys. Oh, the pleasure, oh, the good time of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked. I could reread that and say, oh, the joys of those who don't follow the culture of the day. The advice of the wicked, the culture of the day. Uh, when you follow that, you're not going to be happy. The joys of those who don't follow that or stand around with sinners. Now, listen, when I, when I became saved, I changed friends. I told you I was in a small group. I didn't abandon these friends. They just weren't my hangout people anymore. Some of them got, became Christians with me. But the ones that didn't, I still reached out to them. I still went hunting every now and then, but I didn't hang out with them. You've got to change. And, and so you don't stand around with sinners and join in with mockers. You know, I have a friend of mine one time, he was, he was walking past some guys, and uh, one of them used the Lord's name in vain. He said, you know, God... Damn. And this guy turned around and looked at him and said, he will if you don't repent. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's why I got to stay away from those people. I might get a beat down because I might say something like that. And, uh, and uh, one, one guy was in line. He was a, an evangelist I heard one time, and he was in line at a time saver. And this guy at the cash register said, Jesus Christ. And this guy looked at him and said, I love him, don't you? Oh. The guy didn't know what to say. You know, he was cursing, but... But you know what I mean? Don't stand around with mockers. You know? Uh, you can neutralize them in some ways. It says, but they delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. So we don't hang out with people that are going to drag us down. We delight in the law of the Lord. We meditate on the word of God day and night. And look what it says we're like. Then you'll be like trees planted along a riverbank bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither. And they prosper or flourish in everything. How many of y'all want to flourish or prosper? I mean, we need to not hang out with the people we don't need to be hanging out with. And we need to be meditating on God's word. And we will be like a tree planted on the riverbank. We've got to base our life on the word of God. Second thing that will happen. Once you've made that decision to base your life on the foundation, you'll be able to fight the good fight. 
You'll be able to fight the good fight. And, uh, and, so there, and I believe there's a fight coming. I believe there's a fight coming. It's even already started. I mean, people are trying to cancel out the Word of God. I mean, they tell our students in schools that they can't have their Bibles at schools. Your children have a constitutional right to have their Bible at school with them. They don't have the right to have the Bible open when they're supposed to have the algebra book open, all right? But in between classes and when there's uh, free time, they can have that Bible. And, uh, and it's been proved that school system lost over and over in court, even when they write papers and stuff like that. We can fight the good fight. That fight is coming. They want Christians and the Word of God out of the public sector. They don't want to hear from us. They want us to stay in this little room right here. But let me tell you, we need to get beyond the walls of this building, beyond the walls of the church, and be salt and light in uh, our culture. And, and basically what that is, we, we, you know, what does salt do? It, it preserves, right? We've got to preserve uh, Christian values. We've got to, it, it, uh, you know, salt will also sting and burn a little bit. And so sometimes, we, you know, we've got to, it purifies. We've got to, we've got to stand up and provide traction. You know, I got sued one time when I was in building management one time. It went down to 17 degrees. I don't know if y'all remember that back 1990. And uh, I just bought a brand new car, and we had all these wrecks going on, and I'm thinking, man, I just bought a new car. I hadn't made my first payment, and somebody's going to run into me. But we got sued because we didn't put salt out on the sidewalk to, to provide traction. Whoever salts anything besides food in New Orleans? I mean, you know, we didn't know about that stuff down here. And so somebody slipped. We got sued and lost a bunch of money. I mean, but, you know, here's the thing. We've got to be salt in society. So when somebody is saying, hey, look, all this transgender mess, we've got to stand firm on that. I'm not saying you condemn people, but it's just wrong. You're either a man or a woman. You're not, there's no confusion. And the idea of, of giving children that can't even make a decision at a school to take a Tylenol of giving them sex change drugs is insane. And the church has got to rise up against that mess. And so we've got to be salt and light in our, in our, in our families, in our communities, and things. I didn't mean to get on my bandwagon like that, but, but let me tell you something. That's crazy. That's the last days when people who call things that are right, wrong, and wrong, right. And so we've got to be busy and have a passion for people because Jesus is coming back and it's not going to be much longer. But we've got to be able to fight that good fight. We've also got to light the way for people to find Jesus. And, uh, and so we want to make that as easy as possible for them to find Christ. And we do that when we stand on the promises of God and on the Word of God. Some of y'all need some promises of God. Let me tell you, if you're sick, and there's all kinds of promises in this book. Psalm 118, if you're sick, I love this. says, I will not die. Instead, I will live. Repeat that with me. I will not die. Instead, I will live. We got some people sick on watching on Facebook. That needs to be your verse. I will live to tell what the Lord has done. Now, we love it when we hear about the miraculous. And so we need to base our lives. Some of y'all here are struggling uh, with life, life struggles, uh, addictions and things. Here's one for you. So Christ has truly set us free. Christ has truly set us free. Another one, 2 Corinthians 3.17, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There's freedom. So, I mean, we, we need to live by the word of God. We need to live by the word of God. Here's another verse some of you may need. It's called John 3.16. It says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to bow your heads with me for a minute. We need to base our lives on the word of God, but that begins with a relationship with Jesus. That begins with a, a, not, a not a religion, a relationship with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're coming into Easter, and it's a fact that Jesus lived. It's a fact we could prove in a court of law that Jesus rose from the dead because at one point there were 500 eyewitnesses. I told my guys in my jail services, if you had 500 eyewitnesses saying you did it, you're going to prison. 500 eyewitnesses. But it starts with a relationship. See, he overcame death. And in that relationship's not in, in a baptism or in taking communion. It's in inviting Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens that door, I'll come in and I'll dine with him. In other words, he'll come into your life. He'll live with you. But you've got to receive him. You've got to invite him in. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. They told a story uh, at this funeral yesterday. A man was uh, on his deathbed and about to die, and he had three children. And, and he, his first son came in, and he said, Son, I'm so proud of you. I, I appreciate that you're serving God. I'm so proud that you're doing that. And, and he said, Good night, my son. The man was about to die. His daughter came in, and, and she was crying, and he said, he said, Honey, he said, I'm so proud that you've given your life to the Lord, and, and you're serving the Lord. And, and he said, good night, my daughter. His third son, the youngest, came in, and, and he, he said, the man started crying, and he, he said, goodbye, my son. And his son said, Dad, you said good night to the other two. Why are you saying goodbye to me? He said, because they've given their life to Jesus, and I will see them in heaven. But you've not given your life to Jesus, and I won't see you. This will be the last time I see you. And let me tell you, it takes a relationship with Jesus. You've got to invite so, you know, you've got to today make that decision. You've got to make that decision. Whether you're in this room, I know most of y'all have made it as I look around here, or on Facebook, you've got to make the decision just like I did years ago. I was raised in church. I was witnessing to people before I was saved. I, I didn't understand the Bible, but I had one. I knew maps. But you've got to invite Jesus into your life. And I'm going to pray a prayer with you, and you can pray it with me. But if you mean it in your heart and you, and you pray this prayer, God said he will come into your life and he will save you. He'll forgive you of your sins. And then dear little baby Christian, and you just begin to grow after that. So pray with me if you would, whether, whether you're on Facebook or in this room. Dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And I've lived my life my way and not yours. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross to forgive my sins. Now, please forgive me. Forgive me all of my sins. Come into my life and be the Savior and Lord of my life. Give me the power and presence of your Holy Spirit in my life so I can follow you every single day and live with you for eternity. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And if you prayed that prayer, just like he came into my life, I can't count how many years ago he'll come into your life. And I want to pray for the rest of you. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and, and you're a believer, 
You've just been having trouble with having the Bible as your foundation, as the foundation of everything that you step on. And, and so tonight, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands to this because if, if that's you, you've been struggling. And we all struggle at some point. I want to pray for you. Father, you've, you've given me this message today. And Father, you said your word never will return void. And so, God, I pray that someone listening, someone in this room, God, that, Lord, we will choose to make your word the foundation of our life. Lord, that we won't let anyone grab it away from us. We won't let the culture, we won't let social media, we won't let anyone take fact that we base our lives on the Bible, your word. So God, I pray for each one of us in this room and each one listening that you let us put our foundation in you and on your word. God, because your word never changes. God, we give you glory for that. We thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the power that's in that word. The power that teaches us what's right, what's wrong, corrects us when we're wrong, shows us which way to go gives us direction, protection, God. We just thank you for that. God, I pray that as we make your word our foundation, we will flourish. We'll fight that good fight. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song. As the band's coming up, I want to urge you, make sure you fill out your connection cards. And uh, if you're interested in one of those groups, you can just write uh, Monday Group on there and uh, we'll send you a text to remind you next week uh, Get turn that in at the doors when 